0: What do you think, Alpha?
1: The splash of sea fills your nose with salt. As you head up onto deck, you are temporarily blinded by the light of the sun high in the sky. It must be midday by your reckoning. As you quickly scan around, you see ship hands scrabbling around the small vessel. How it survived Haddo's Bay upon leaving Shadowmend is a wonder to you. How it survived the open waters of Evermouth, the treacherous circumnavigation of Traitor's Bay, avoided Palladia's detection, outran an obsidian scout through Jerthen's Sea into the Sea of Braithcraft must be the work of the gods. Now, with the sands of Dralak on your port side and the dead lands of the Ember Blight to your starboard, ahead is your goal. The Bronze Storm Sea, named aptly given the light reflection the city of Goldview. Gives with its protected body of water. You notice the absence of clouds in the sky. Oi, tin for brains! How about you likes to give us a hand? Oh, next we're out for you and Shadow Men. Return us the favour. You turn, and the squab that addressed you looks high into your eyes. All white and browned shirt, many sizes too big. He stands there, boyish in complexion, motionless, eyes on you. On you, who do we see, Callum?
2: Hello. Um, You see standing in front of you an automaton, glazed in bronze and copper, approximately standing about six foot tall. He is in very, very simple clothing. More so a simple T-shirt that is far too baggy. Trousers that don't fit right. Um, shoes that are worn, tattered. Gloves and a cloak that has a hood that he can bring up as he wishes. You going to turn back to them and says, I beg your pardon, sir, but
1: are you referring to me? Well, yeah, you're the only one I'm looking at.
2: Well, my, my apologies, sir. But the, the reference to um, myself was not as you deemed. My my name is Alpha.
1: Yeah, I likes to prefer it to tin for brains. That's all you've been useful for these last couple of months since we got you at ShadowMend. And I keep telling you, I do not have tin for brains. That's got a good ring to it, though. Anyway, listen, mate, I've got some issues with some barrels over here. Do you mind gear a hand? lifting some up with your, with your old tumultumult, chum, chum, ch- you know, your, 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 your mecho arms. Put the you course, sandwich. Yeah. Lovely. All right. And you look over and he's pointing to a beckoning over to an upper number of barrels. He's trying to lug up to the, after the ship, there's a couple of, um, on the small, small vessel, and uh, a huge number of sails. The vessel seems to move quite quickly, but the whole vessel seems to creak and groan. It's ancient, really. Not that you would particularly know that alpha. Um, and there's two sets of stairs, kind of stairs up to the kind of the after the ship, which is higher where you, you would control the ship from its its rear port position. And he needs to move the barrels up there. They aren't particularly big. They aren't particularly heavy. He's obviously just bored of the job. And there's about six or seven of them. Uh, he picks one up and then gestures to you. Yeah, grab, that, grab that other
2: one, will you? Yeah. Uh, and with no hesitance, Alpha will kind of walk over and just pick up a barrel after you.
1: My good man. Oh, good man. First time, I've been cool ain't in a while. <laughs> and he starts walking upstairs, lugging it. And as you pick it up, Alfie, you realize it kind of lugs a little bit. Whatever's inside doesn't seem to settle properly. Um, mm. You've known this to be something they call a liquid, uh, something that moves on its own volition once um, energy has been placed into it. And you move these liquid barrels up one at a time, one at a time. Um, is there anything you'd want to say to this this squab as you're, as you're, as you're kind of giving him a hand? Or are you happy yeah, to work yeah, in yeah. Silence? Right.
2: No, no, I, I will be talking to him um, as we're doing it and saying, do tell me, I, I believe I've heard um, the contents of these barrels referred to as a liquid. What, perchance, what liquid is it?
1: He gives you a sly smirk. Well, these are the special barrels of uh, liquid, Alpha. These are the special barrels of liquid designed only to be consumed upon entry to the Bronze Storm Sea. It is what we call our victory liquid, it makes your bones feel great. It makes your limbs loose. It makes your tongue slack. Do you get my meaning? I have none of those extremities. I'm, I'm afraid those
2: sensations elude me. Right. I have no bones or tongue to speak of.
1: I don't really know what it would do to you then, if I'm being honest. Maybe I'm we'll drink some to and find out. Let's have a go. Let's have a go. And by this, you've kind of lifted the last barrel up and he looks around to the left and to the right. Uh, checking to see if anyone else is in his vicinity, maybe to offer it to, who knows. And then he uh, doesn't pull it out from one of the barrels. He pulls something from his hip flask and undoes the lid, takes a quick swig, and you see him. his face take, pull, up, pull some strange faces, Alpha, before handing you over this hip flask, uh, imitating to you to copy the motion.
2: And I, I copy it exactly. So I, I grab, I
1: tilt head back, and I take a swig out of this hip flask. And you consume some liquid. This liquid seems to burn. I mean, do you have a throat? I don't. Really, give, give us a bit of information Do you eat? What kind of things do you do, Callum? Um, Alpha. I, um, Alpha had the capabilities to eat and
2: drink. However, it doesn't really have much of an effect for the most part. He's not like he needs to eat and drink to survive. Um, that being said, he does have a slightly functional. In a capacity to feel, so as he takes the liquid, he would feel it going down what people would call his throat, esophagus, and kind of feels it go down past his chest and just kind of swirl around in his stomach a bit. He's going to kind of just hold the front of his stomach and give a puzzled, bemused look to um, uh, this uh, human he has been lifting all these barrels with, and he's just going to almost like a. One of those instinctive shake the heads when you take take a really strong shot and just go there. He's like that, but without the sound effects. It was kind of head twitch um,
1: okay. as he takes a swig. Yeah, nice. No, this is good stuff, isn't it? As that's is good stuff, isn't it? My, what a! It's a very interesting sensation. Um, we, I'm co- going to take, I'm going to take we, another sorry. swig before he responds. Oh, don't see, i I's my personal stash. He kind of snatches it back off you, puts the lid on, gives it a swirl around. There's a little bit left. It matters to himself. That's what we call rum, rum, uh, rum, rum. These barrels rum. are all um. filled with rum. We're going to drink it when we get close to Goldview. We're only about half a day away now. Ah, good. I,
2: I, I really can't wait to arrive in Goldview. I'm, I'm quite excited.
1: I it's think it's going to be. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Now I've got a bet with some of the lads on actually. And I thought I'd ask you why you're up here, Alpha. Um, what happened at shadow man?
2: I'm going to do, do you not, or do you not want
1: to compute I'm, that for me?
2: I'm going to hesitate for a moment and um, I'm just going to respond in a very kind of flat tone. I believe
1: I'm not at liberty to discuss He's going to put throw both his hands up palms facing you. All right, all right. I told the guys that's what you lot would say. Your business is your business. We are nothing but worthy messengers delivering you from chaos to the calmness of sleep guard. Right, if
2: I, I, may, if I may ooh, ask before we yeah, um, proceed. What was the wager?
1: Well, well I, I lost. I bet and so I had to I was the one to ask you. We drew straws. That was all. Oh, oh was I was going to ask you, and I lost it. So,
2: so there was no bet as to what actually happened in Shadowmen. Just more so if I would respond in kind to somebody's request. We've got
1: theories, ideas, but like you said, not our business. We are but the crew here. You are but the cargo. No one asks anything. If anyone came aboard, obviously you were to hide in the place you hid when we went around Traitors Bay. Uh none the wiser we were a shipping well, ve- uh, you know, shipping and fishing vessel and you guys would disappear into the uh into the hull of the ship, no questions asked. Um that was the deal, that was the that was the wager, that's what we got paid. No questions asked. But we were just out of interest. We've been travelling for quite some time, my tin man friend, and I just wanted to uh, you know, pass a few things by you, see what you thought, if we were mates or not. Obviously not, not a problem. Business acumen, you get it, I get it. You know, we'll work friends, we'll work friends, that's what we are, aren't we? You consider me a friend, work friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What is work friend? How is that different from what? friend? Friend. Well, you know, we have a we have a, a transactional you know situation going on here. You pay us to do a service, therefore we work for you. That means you know we're not friends because, our friends, you know, you wouldn't have you wouldn't pay each other. Do you get me? Your friends don't pay each other for just being in each other's company. You pay us. We work together. Therefore, we are work friends. We are friends, but we were, Do you get what I'm saying?
2: I see. I, I believe so. So I do things for you without getting any recompense for said action. And that's a work friend.
1: Let's say yes. And he's going to give you a smile and a nod and a wink. And he's going to turn around and uh, and kind of walk uh, walk away with a little bit of like a half wave, half salute to you. And he goes off to two of the other crew and just points up and mentions and they go, oh, 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 yeah, and they go around kind of cleaning down the deck. Um, one of them starts shooting up. Like a small kid uh, starts kind of walking up towards the uh, the central column of the, of the ship and starts climbing up to the crow's nest for his shift up there as well. Uh, Anything you want to do on the deck, Alpha, while you're up there and kind of alone up near the aft of the ship?
2: Just knowing that, obviously, in the next kind of half a day, we're going to be arriving at um, Goldview. Alpha's going to walk up on deck, and he's going to basically walk around and stand in various positions on board the ship. So from the back to the front the side, he's basically just trying to... Uh, take note of the smells, the sounds, the, the sensations he feels when he stands in different areas of the ship. So he's going to go to the very front, stand there for a few minutes, the back, the left, and the right. He's going to get in some very odd positions. He's going to be like trying to climb up into the crow's nest for a little bit as well, um, and then slides down, says hello to the little child that's in there does, as well.
1: He doesn't speak, but he gives you like a little wave back. Yeah. So that, that's you what Alpha also... probably doing. Awesome. Could you give me a perception check, please?
2: Oh, yes, I can. <gasps> My first roll. roll. Uh, Last week,
1: Ian and Ian and Danny rolled like super high all the time. So you've got to keep up that trend of rolling super high, Callum. So what'd you get? Four. <laughs> <laughs> I started I like mean to go on. You stand around the ship and you smell salt. Uh, what you assume is salt. You uh, feel the water is wet and you feel that the sun is warm. You know the wind moves your hair and seems to make this vessel propel forward. I have no you... hair, by the way. Oh, well, you feel the wind pass by your ears then, let's say. You have ears, though, don't you? I Yeah, I have ears. Good, good, good. Um, aside from that, though, you don't really notice much. You bump into the crew every now and again. You're not really used to the way in their machinations, the way they move and walk around this swaying ship, which still gets you off guard. The motion sometimes gets you off guard still. Mm. And you wander around, um, pretty much ignoring everyone, not really noticing a lot of people. Even when you go to the very front of the ship, you don't notice anyone. You look out quickly, scan around and turn back. You do notice two bits of land, one to your right and left, if you are facing the front of the ship, so the port and starboard starboard, and and you see two very different lands across the uh, this 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 um this ocean you're passing through on to the right, you refer to as your right, um, is blackened ground. Um, there seems to be a, a cloud almost hanging over the area, um, but movement and some life in and amongst it to the all right. As you look to the left, you can see these off in the distance, thin yellow strip, which is the deserts of Dralak, which you have been told about from some of the cruise stories late at night and the, um, the riches that can be found there, the mountain ranges, the, the desolate deserts that surround it, and, and the, uh, the wonders that are hidden deep in the spine of the world. Aside from that, you don't really notice much else. And as you continue your walk around, the camera's going to uh, move away from your crap perception roll. Uh, and it's going <laughs> to right. follow us down into the dark of the, the under deck of the, of the ship. And down below decks, we see this um, smoke filled chasm uh, under the water Is kind of a large room used for lugging trade goods. It's empty, save for the provisions of the skeleton crew and the three stowaways and their belongings there's a series of hammocks that swing gently in in the uh, in, sorry swing gently in the rocking of the beckford which is the name of the ship the beckford and there's enough for the crew and then you, th- uh, the three the three stowaways as you're kind of known to by the crew There's room for a small set of kind of tables, upturned barrels that have been sawn off and cut down to make stools and chairs and tables uh, for crew to eat, drink, play games, etc. And it's pretty much empty. This is prime time to get things fixed, to get things going, especially on the entrance into Goldview. Um, In one of the hammocks, though, closest to the steps of the deck is a humanoid who lays busy in this hammock doing, well, well. What do we see, and what are they busily doing? Um, it's a good question,
0: actually. Given the things I was going to have him do, probably don't involve him um, lying down. That's fine. Uh, so uh, you see um, a, you know, six foot, foot four. He, he he's a big guy, but it's not it's not total muscle. You know, there there might be a bit of a paunch because he's, he's you know he's he's, he's thirty five, um, okay. and you know he's got. Um, you know, if you look, look at his skin, there, there's various burns on his arms and a little bit on his face where he's clearly been singed as per from his sort of, um, his occupation as a, as a blacksmith. So he's, he's this big guy, um, sort of probably, you know, not very light on his feet when he walks around, but he's, he's probably just lying there. Um, perhaps he's just having a rag, just cleaning his hands because by his hammock, um, his really large hammer, which seems to have a rather, um, overly large one side of it compared to that. It's not a balanced hammer, as it were. Um, just looks like it's just been finished, having a uh, a bit of oil or something on it, just to keep it nice. And then by that, perhaps on a barrel, um, ch- a chainmail shirt is also draped across. So, um, this man um is lying there. Emron is his name. Uh, with his like um boots on, some you know thick. Common leggings and just a shirt on, um, probably very uh, cheap material, not at, not expensive at all. Just quite well worn.
1: Awesome, lovely. And as you as you lay there and just kind of cleaning down your hands and just pondering about the closeness of the situation, how, you know how, how this long months and months at sea uh, will be coming to an end very soon. You hear the pit pat pit pat pit pat of someone coming down the stairs, very light on their feet, a small figure. And you recognize the sound of these feet. There's only one person this small on the ship. And it is Taro, which is the name of the deckhand who is the young boy who is usually up in the crow's nest. One of the very few boys that were willing to, to, to get on board of, of the Beckford and come across to Goldview. You've spent quite a few times with him and he loves coming down and seeing you and seeing just how big you are and and like the stories you tell and just everything about you is just interesting. And um, he, he has a real affinity to you and you've noticed that get closer and closer. But the one thing you have realized and learned about him, you learned it the hard way really for a while was that he doesn't talk particularly. He gesticulates and sometimes will make some noises with his mouth, but um, he, since the, he, he, you learned that a while ago. He had a bit of a falling out with some of the Evermouth Pirates when he was he was a bit younger, and they took his tongue, and he hasn't dared speak since then because of because of ridicule of the way he might sound. But he comes down and just spends time in your presence, and um, you hear him pip 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 down the stairs, and he comes in with this big old loose white shirt that he tries to keep as clean as possible. He's done all the buttons up, and he always does all the buttons up when he comes to speak to you or see you. And um, but when you see him on deck, the buttons come down obviously because it's because it's hot. But he's done all his buttons up. He's tucked his shirt and he just comes down and just stands kind of a a respectable five or six feet away from you just kind of respecting your space but just kind of standing there smiling at you and
0: emron sort of turns and puts the rag down and sort of strokes his uh his um black beard from him and goes young master taro how can i help you
1: (sighs) he just smiles and waves a few times at you and um and just kind of makes him kind of a mouth movement with his hand, like talk, talk, talk. Um, and, um, and makes a movement with his hands to look like a book. You wanted me to, uh, regale you with some stories or you wanted to take me above. And he kind of gestures eh, either way. <laughs> like he's, he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind. He's just kind of like, either way, he's a big smile on his face. He's just loving just your, your big, big voice that fills the room and you know, um, just your presence. And he's just, he's just there just to, he's being talked at by you. That's all he wants. <laughs>
0: Well, so uh, where were we before? Let's see. So I was telling you about one of the games in the arena. So this uh, big lad... Angel they called him mainly because he used to look really pretty but then someone took a fish to his face and he looked really ugly but the name kind of stuck as a bit of an ironic thing so this angel's up against these three other lads and one of them's got a a trident and one's got a net and uh, angel he had a bit of a reputation you see um he used to finish all of his games really quickly and the problem is he was he was he was he was looking a bit a bit unsteady um, there were, there were rumours after the match that apparently he'd been drugged, but he was there with his back against the wall. And all of a sudden, you hear this bang, bang, bang. And it turns out that someone in the crowd is beating a drum. Because in, uh, in the olden days, when they used to count how quick he used to fight, they would have bets on how many beats of the drum it would take for him to defeat his opponents, so anyway this this drum starts being and all of a sudden you see angel stand a little bit taller and uh, then the pike comes in and he suddenly grabs it and he suddenly pulls the person holding the trident to him and he wraps his big thick arms around him and just starts to squeeze. And I tell you. His
1: eyes are big at this point, just like, oh my God. Just like drinking in everything you're saying. Sorry, well, continue. (laughs) I have no
0: fairness. I'm loving this right now. (laughs) So he gives this man a squeeze and I swear, um I was there in in, in the pits and we'd we'd all stopped our work repairing some of the armour and uh, we were just listening. And I tell you, I've never heard the sounds of bones breaking echo so loudly. It was horrific. And so this angel drops this man and he sort of falls to the floor like some kind of rag. And then he looks at the other two. And at this point, you know, if 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 it weren't so hot i think they'd be pissing themselves but they sweat it all out of them so they're there and 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 they take a few steps back and all of a sudden the crowd are now taking up the beat of this drum that's slowly going on and i tell you what the bookies are absolutely just swearing because <laughs> they thought it's all right angel's gonna lose It'll be fine. We'll make some money, but all of a sudden, that's it. Nah, 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 nah. They've stopped taking bets now because they're thinking they're going to lose too much money. So anyway, so these other two back off, and and I, I don't kid you now. You know you, you've seen a lot, that. So he picks up the limp, raggy body at his feet, and he starts to spin
1: round <laughs> and round. And round. and the boy at this point starts spinning round and round and round, like just turning round on the spot to kind of mimic your story. And then he hurls the body at one of them. And as the body hits him, he sort of stumbles
0: back. And then he looks at Angel's right in his face. And with a really quick, he's all of a sudden, Angel's got this helmet that's just been lying on the floor and he's hammering it into this man's face over and over again. Um, the other one comes from behind. Angel turns around, puts the other body in his way. The other guy takes the blow from his mate. So this time, Angel's now taken out two of these fellas who were quite frankly looking like they were going to win, but Angel's recovered. It's amazing. Um, You couldn't make this shit up, I swear. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's brilliant. And then Angel suddenly lifts this dead body above his head like some kind of I don't know, Herculean sort of hero from old, and he throws it, and it bounces off the arena walls. And then the other one just turns and just starts running for the gates. Now, of course, in the arena, once that gate closes and the fight starts, that ain't opening until one person leaps. Um, So, uh, unfortunately, Angel walks up, and I tell you, a man walking across to... Fine arena you could have you, you couldn't have just believed the crowd were drumming away and this pulse it was like it was infusing into your very bones and oh, just as Angel reached him the man just turned around and I tell you these are these are some big lads and I've seen them in, in pubs in fights and I've never seen a grown man who's done so much start to cry and I tell you it were It was almost heartbreaking until I realized what absolute tossers they were. (laughs) So Angel defeats them, and I've never heard such a roar in the crowd. And then Angel disappears after that fight. He's never seen again. Now, some say the bookies and the people who would uh, fix the fight, you see, for them three to win, didn't him in. But I I reckon Angel was like, nah, having none of this, took his winnings because he bet on himself like any good fighter will and uh heart held it out there
1: who knows where he could be uh the boy is just taro's just staring like amazed and he starts like clapping like just clapping and a big smiles on his face um will i'm clapping i'm clapping (laughs) I I smiles on my face this entire description Um, right now i am loving this story Bear in mind. Um, listen, I I didn't. Really, I told them the order you guys would be coming in, and but I didn't really tell you what would happen. Like d- springing a mute boy on you, so he couldn't have a conversation, <laughs> was literally I told you in the moment there, Will, and that was spot on. I give you some inspiration. What a fucking I, 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 want, start, I want you man. to make Angel an NPC now. I, I want to see this Angel. I've written oh, down Em on stories, and I've written Angel the Cage Fighter. He's already written down. He's already the yeah. law now, so <laughs> He's been involved at some point. Um, so that was that was cracking. So the boy is just listening. He's just amazed at this. And as you kind of come to an end, he's he's you know. Gives you your time. Um, but then he starts watching what we are doing and he's going to reach for your hammer. Not to grab it and use it or anything, but just kind of to touch it. I bet he's unsure as to what you would do. He's never done this before. He's always been really respectful of your belongings and kind of would leave you at this point. But he's he's going to slowly reach for the handle of it whilst kind of looking at you in the eyes. So
0: Emond just reached out his hand and placed it on the end and just sort of tilts the handle towards, um, towards Tarot. And Emond says... You can touch, lad, but as much as I admire your bravery and your heart, you ain't going to be able to lift it. But
1: if you want to put hands on it, that will be right by me. His eyebrows lift up, big smile on his face. He puts two hands on it and despite what you said, tries to lift it. And it literally doesn't even move. He strains again. And he's just going to very, now he's gone from kind of quite an aggressive motion, trying to lift it from the handle. And then he very gently, kind of with fingers and the kind of the pads of his fingers, not using anything more than that, kind of slowly tilts the, the the hammer back towards you in a sign of respect for the for the weight of it. And he's gonna stand there awkwardly for a second, just kind of smiling at you.
0: I take it you need me to come follow you somewhere, yeah?
1: Uh, he's going to shake his head. Oh. Oh then thought... then his eyebrows shoot up and his finger goes up and goes um and um, and he kind of gestures to like walking up the stairs, and then goes, and then there's like an, a point with his hands. And you see him do this. He has th- four gestures for the different parts of the shift. And the point is the front of the ship. is the uh, it's the, the bow of the ship. He wants you to to go to the I'll, bow of the ship.
0: I'll 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 head up to the bow then. Cheers, so lad. I mean, and em- he- oh. sorry, go. go on. And so M1 sort of heaves himself out of the uh, out of the hammock, um, stoops a little bit because you know he's he's a big guy, and these boats are probably not. To- built for tall people, and
1: uh, sort of minds himself on the beams. And uh, while that's going on, you're going to start making your way up. It's going to pan out one more time. We've just seen Alpha kind of wandering around the deck of the ship. And actually, Alpha, you're on such a crap perception check. You actually missed uh, one of our other players who actually is on the bow of the ship, yeah. the very front <laughs> of the ship. Uh, You literally just walk straight past them um, as, they, as they sit there. this character is sat facing the front, facing out, to their goal, to Goldview, towards where Goldview is, to the Bronze Storm Sea and all the hope that this new place can bring. Legs are dangling over the edge into the water and um, they are just looking out placidly. And as the camera pans, I believe, around so we can get like kind of a full 180 view from the back round to the front to see this figure last, but by no means least, Darren, who do we see?
3: What you see is an elf, a uh, elf of about 40 years of age. He has uh, two gold-brown eyes with the two colors interweaving in each pupil, thick, dark hair, which is uh, held out of his face by a long, braided ponytail. The braids appear to have a series of inscriptions in Primordial, Uh, which is the language of the Ganassi folk, for those of you who aren't fully aware of what that language is. They are marked with the colors of the elements of fire, earth, air, and water. Uh, He has a thick beard that covers down to the neck, and an equally thick mustache that seems to just curl around ever so slightly, kind of Captain Hook style. He has pointed elf ears that protrude into... And out of his thick matted hair, he wears quite fashionable clothing of brown and gold weaving boots that lead into a similar design going up the torso. The clothing is weaved with studded leather. A golden androsphinx sphinx sits on the left of the chest plate and a golden gynosphinx sphinx stretches out from the right, both with wings unfurled, reaching out to touch the other. They go over a, le- a studded, leather brown doublet. On his head to a set of sun goggles. For those of you unfamiliar with the Shadow Men climate and fashion, a pair of sun goggles are part goggles, part sunglasses. Very useful in the kingdom that is blessed by a sun god. A herbal smoking pouch is attached to the black belt with gold fixtures. Over the top of his clothes is a burgundy duster coat that has a black hood weaved onto it. He is approximately 40 years of age, which is quite young by Oven standards. His complexion is quite useful. His right arm, though not only partially visible, seems to have a set of tattoos marked on them, in both of the sun and the moon, surrounded by arcanic symbols. As he currently looks out to the sea, he is just taking in the horizon and seeing these gold specks, and then all of a sudden turns his attention back to what he was doing. He pulls down his goggles, turns to what looks like some kind of steel kind of like ornament in his hand, which is meant to be a meerkat, that probably doesn't really look like a meerkat. I can show you what it looks like. Picks a potato peeler out of his bag and starts just casting mending on it as he starts to burn little bits of steel.
1: Amazing! Thank you so much. What a great, definite uh, description of um, of your character. Um, and as you're as you're doing that, and you're taking your time with it, you're enjoying the uh, the the view, you're enjoying the, the the weather, as you always have through these journeys. You. Feel a little tap, like a single finger tap on your shoulder, and um you know what this is. You know who this is. It's the captain.
3: Tap, tap, right. tap. Good afternoon. I, I assume by looking up at the sun, looking where mighty soul is possessed that we are now approaching afternoon, Captain.
4: Yep, it's almost afternoon.
3: Jesus Christ, that voice goes through me every time. Captain, I have a favor to ask of you. I'm going to hold the little figure out towards him and go, does That look like a meerkat to you? Uh, she is going to look back at you,
1: though she often does get confused for looking like a man sometimes, and just go, No,
4: ide- no idea what a meerkat is? know
3: oh, well, one. The, uh, we have them in Shadow They They tend to congregate around the cities so of her sister, hold great Haddle. They. they, they well, I hope they look like that, but I don't actually obviously know because you don't know what one looks like. Do you know where Emron is? I could do with his opinion.
4: Get me down on the deck. But listen, uh, something I should tell you, really, before we get into deck, the dock. Uh, <clears throat> you know how all these months you've referred to me as hag bastard? Um, When we reach land, I like again. if you... Well, yeah, well, yeah, the crew decided it a while ago. It's given my hag appearance, and that sometimes I can be a rather bastardy person. You know, you understand the
3: name. Oh, it's yeah, quite straightforward. I retarded. hear that. I hear
1: that. Yeah, and no. she, uh, she scratches the huge scar that gashes across from her top left corner
3: of her temple down under that, the eye. No, I just, I wouldn't pick that. That's
4: uh, it's an old wound. Don't worry. I've been alive longer than you've been uh, so grown. That me. beard. Listen, uh, uh, I'm just going to tell you this. Your Highness, because uh, when we get in and you refer to me as a hag bastard, people might not know who you're talking about. I'm going to tell you my actual name, but I have to ask you, if you tell the crew, I'll stab you in the throat.
3: Yep. Don't tell the crew or get stabbed in the throat. I got it. That's right. The name is Helios. H-E-L-I-O-S, if you're Helios. writing it that Helios, i might Don't just say it either. out loud, you twat. No. Yep, yep, yep. You just said keep
1: don't,
4: don't, your don't. voice down. Sorry. Hag bastard. I like it. It's got a good ring to it. Strikes fear into my enemy's hearts.
1: And she coughs up a loogie and spits it off overboard. Yeah,
4: yeah fear. And you know what it's like.
3: Uh, I, I I I can honestly say, hag bastard, I have absolutely no idea what it's like. <laughs> so I've just I've just had it back. Someone calling a hag
1: bastard, and it's really made me laugh. Sorry, I have no idea why I call this one hag bastard. Anyway, um, neither do we.
4: <laughs> no, no one knows really. Uh, now, um, you see, we are approaching Sleekard.
3: That's Goldview. why C Tone. uh,
4: Hazy shade of bronze, is that correct? That is correct. The sun gleams off from Dralak and from the high buildings in Sleekard and in Goldview, causing the sea to take on a hue, a sepia color. It's quite a fantastic sight when you get closer, and the sun hits just from behind as it starts to sink into the sea. This city will sing like the golden pinnacle of Erith that it is. It's rather fantastic.
3: Are you ready for that? That's all it be.
4: Tell me, my good friend. We've never really discussed it. May I call you my friend? Thank you. I wonder, I have wondered for quite some time now, uh, what do you intend to do in Goldview now that we have happened to ferry you from Shadowmend, your homeland, uh, to the other side of the world? Uh, uh, will you be requiring our services once we reach the... Port, or would you like us to fuck off and me and Hag Bastard's crew go pillage some... Uh, I mean, help some folk? <clears throat>
3: uh, Hag Bastard, are we being frank and honest with each other as we have this conversation? Yes,
4: for sure. I'm being nothing but honest, apart from the thing where I said I wasn't going to pillage people.
3: Inside check. Oh, do it, yeah. Ooh, First roll, baby. First roll of reigns. Here, Here we go. Come on, down. Come on. 16 plus whatever. Uh, 16, plus, 16 plus two. That's an 18.
1: And she's being forthright with you, as she has been for the majority of this journey.
3: Okay. My plan when I found this city is to head up to that fancy castle where the royal family of Sleek God live and to go up to King Leopold and try and find some form of refuge or safety or some earthly idea what I'm going to do with my up to this point, quite worthless and quite meaningless life. She
1: nods at that and kind of, you can see in her eyes an appreciation of the truth. uh, And she can tell that you are being truthful as far as she is aware, you're being truthful as well. Uh, Emon, you've approached this conversation warily because you know what she's like. Uh, And Alpha, you would also be an earshot of of this kind of conversation taking place as well. Uh, as you, as you, you know, the ship's relatively small. We're all kind of up on deck now at this point anyway. And he, uh, she would nod to this. She would nod to this and go, you
4: haven't asked much after the royal family of Sleetgard, really. There's uh, some things you should probably know. Uh, the royal family don't really run it anymore. There's Helena, who's queen in theory, but it's the Obkriska that run the show there now. Uh, you have no need to speak to the royal family. Leopold and most of the other... Members of that family line of sleepguard have gone. It's just Helena, just her, and she is a recluse hiding away, will not see or speak to anyone, as far as my sources will tell. It's, uh, it's something nefarious happening there. They have Chrisquare run the show, and it,
3: something doesn't feel right. Well, that's new information.
4: Can and I I'll give be- you my useful piece of information that I think you should do, because I know you all so well? <clears throat> I think you're going to, regardless of what I say, so... I think you should go to Claypeak Hall. the a lovely little place, Tavern. You are a bunch of weaklings, all three of you. One, two, three, look, it turns around and points to you. You, uh, alloy man, you know, confuse me more than life itself. You, my good sir, points to Emon. Now, you're my type of boy, man. Uh, but unfortunately, not very good on a ship. And you, my boy, uh, need to hide yourself away. I think that you need to find some folk who will help you hide or protect you or are powerful that can defend you. I do not think you will find that in the... Criss-crack. I think you might find that in some of the folk uh, in the dregs of society. I think you should go shovel shit, so to speak, and see what you dregs you can find that can help you.
3: I'm afraid I have no shovel. Uh, you, she just you, stares you, blankly you. at you for a minute. Uh, Captain, uh, if you don't mind me saying, you have just delivered some news to the three of us that is somewhat maybe going to older, what we plan to do when we get to Goldview. And if you would be so kind, we need to have a candid and frank discussion amongst the three of us that you are not privy to. I hope you understand
4: absolutely frankness is always my way Hag
1: bastard out and she she's gonna turn around oh, i'll make myself laugh she's gonna walk around turn around and wander off and she's gonna like hit one of her crew on the back of the head swap get to, and she's gonna stop gonna just gonna around. Say, thank you madame bastard <laughs> she doesn't hear you she's pretty much deaf anyway and she wanders off down um down into the deck starts kind of working with the the skeleton crew that she has uh, to get the ship into dock uh leaving the three of you at the bow of the ship um open skies, open seas to the to the to the front, to the east, which is the way you're West, sorry, to the west, which is the way you're going. Um, nothing but the ocean breeze and the sun beating down, no other crew around. You three are alone.
3: Um I'm, I'm really hoping that one of you two has a bright idea of what to do in lieu of that information.
0: I mean <clears throat> Sounds a bit like our plan just gone up, shit create without any paddles. So
2: I fail to see the reference oh. of shit in this time. Why is shit of such uh, dominant importance at this moment?
0: It, it means we're in a bad place. Oh. So, um, yeah, you don't know, want to be paddling in shit, basically, because it I tends see. to get on your hands. Um, tell you,
3: I tell you why what, Alpha, I got an idea, I got an idea. Let's hit that memory bank of yours, that that whatever you call it. Why do you call that thing again? My memory unit. Oh a memory Dad. unit. Okay, well take out your unit and uh let's uh, I beg your pardon. Uh, well you know you heard me. And let's let's <laughs> let's give give us something. What you got? What you got stored away in that thing? I have no idea at the moment. Let's uh bring up some Emron, he's, he a... he's got that glazed look again. I don't know why I ask him these things every <laughs> it, time. He just seems it, it's it's like, it's like, it's like I'm just going to wave my hands in front of his face. It's like it's like he switched off. It's. I, I have no idea what's happening right now.
0: I assume that it's it's he, he, he's working on accessing his 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 memories would be uh, what I would describe quiet it works. I'm not quite sure. I'm pretty sure it might have been a fluke, but we'll see what happens. He's, um, read,
3: he's read so many damn books in that last year. I and mean, you mean to tell me, the away in that memory unit of his, he hasn't got anything useful? Alpha, are well, you still in there? <laughs> Cracky, alive.
0: What do you think, Alpha? It,
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, it takes a
2: bit of time, just as he gets this glazed-over look in his eyes, um, and he basically eventually comes back. And according to my records, there are several underground. Clicks that can be found within Goldview. Possibly some that in do indeed go against the current standing of the so-called Upchriska. According to many sailors or pirates, um, he says in quotation marks, that are on board the ship, it is possible that some of those may help us.
0: I mean, <clears throat> to Captain seemed to suggest us uh, going to Clay Clay B. and uh, finding ourselves gainful employment. Now, it doesn't sound like too bad a plan because I doubt our very dwindling supplies of money will last that long if we want to stay in the city. So, I mean... If
2: I'm wrong as well, Father, but you do not want my presence to be known that well. I don't think employment would be the best course of action for
3: this. I mean, it seems illogical. We've been through this. When you say father, are you talking to me or are you talking to him? He <laughs> is father. You are dad. Yeah. And can you can you stop doing that near shot of other people? It is fucking <laughs> weird, if you don't mind what I'm um, saying. I, mean, I like the intimacy that the word provides.
0: Quite frankly, Alpha. Um, yes, father. We're going to have to get some type of of work even if it is you hiding away if we need want to find ourselves some private place to stay where you can't be seen then we're gonna have to find gainful employment now thankfully as a person with marketable skills as it were uh hopefully try and find something um i mean it's possible that the uh clan uh you know the the guild as a place in Goldview, that I could try and find some employment. Uh, and the only problem is, is there any potential, uh, you know, connections back home. But it could be that this is a, uh, a guild that's, that was set up before, you know, things kind of went, uh, shut the gates and don't listen to the outside world. So it could be that I can get a job there and they've not heard about anything that's happened back at home.
3: And that's dandy, but, while me and Alpha is supposed to do while you do that. I mean, well you can get jobs as well. Uh,
0: it all it I am I'm, I'm I'm not gonna lie. It's uh I mean plans up shit crate, as I say. So we need money, according to my well,
2: records and what has been spoken aboard this vessel, most adventurers do indeed perform deeds and services for such monetary rewards.
0: I mean I mean calm down there, Alpha. Um <laughs> we're just a prince uh yeah a you and uh a civil blacksmith. So uh let's let's calm down. <laughs> uh it seems <sighs> the most easy and profitable
3: way to gain monetary values. How much I mean, how much coin do we have left? Or what you got Alpha Alpha's just gonna like oh reach God. into the real again. loose oh, no, pockets. No, something's happening. Something's so
2: happening. You're gonna reach into them some loose pockets and just turn them inside out. I do not believe I have ever carried any kind of monetary presence. Wonderful. What about you,
3: Emron?
0: I mean, I've uh, you know I've got about fifteen gold, fifteen gold on me, but that's not gonna last long, is it? So
3: you know, I got about twenty-five, give or take.
0: Uh, I mean. Sure. I mean, I I'm not going to lie, Alpha. These, uh, these, these, these sailors and, and the other folk you've been listen, talking to, you know, when they say adventuring, I, I don't quite think it's like in your books you've been reading. Um, it's, 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 it's not always what they, uh, they say. Are we not
2: adventurers at this moment? We have left our home, gone out on a vessel to the open seas. This is how many of my stories start.
0: Yeah, but um Yeah, I I don't mean to um to, to put you down and don't get me wrong, you you read all you want, so you know, some of us can't read. But um it's it's you know you gotta think that these stories, you know, when they're when they're when they're when they're written they're they're written so it always sounds a bit because otherwise you don't wanna be reading something that's a bit you know, grim, unless that's your kind of thing. And it's not a happy venture? I mean, I don't know. We've left our lives and everything that we built back at home and on a boat that we've been here for a while. Um, everything smells of, like, salt and just the sea. Um, everything keeps moving. Um, i, I will quite like to be able to stand on land and not have to feel everything moving underneath me, personally.
2: I think it's marvelous out here. The smells and sounds are quite
3: overwhelming for my senses. Uh, Either way, I think Emron has the right of it. We're going to have to just get into that city and and, and hope we can hide in plain sight, and the city's going to be the best place for that. We're going to have to find some work, and we're just going to have to keep playing this game for as long as we need to play it. Now, Emron, there there is another point here that me and Alpha, we're... We're stuck on this ride until until its destination, but you don't have to be. The, the, you, you are a human, and you could easily get yourself some Smith work and be out of harm's way. It's, you come with us. I, I Well, I hope you'll stay, because you're about the last friend I've got. You're about the last friend we've got. But
0: Rains, I mean, Rains. Look, I'd be a pretty shite... Um friend if i left you alone here while you're in the lurch so let's just put aside any thoughts of me leaving you, um and just try and think about how we can do this together i don't mind working and trying to keep us all uh for a bit until we can find you know we could chop your beard off and cut your hair lad and um maybe you can you know look a bit different and you'll blend it with any other elves that are in, in in city. you know goldview might be uh you know more metropolitan than uh, than we used to and it might be a bit more mixed and you might be all right but i don't know well, i appreciate that i too can blend
2: in but it will only be for a limited time <laughs> well i'm more than I mean, happy to offer any services that yeah I can.
3: you're gonna have to be really careful we can't have you walking around like this do you remember the uh, little boy on the boat nearly shit a fit when you walked on uh, he's got <laughs> acclimatized to you now but you're gonna cause quite a stir in that city if we don't come up with a way of I have noticed that first impressions of my presence seem to be met with mostly negative
0: reactions. I mean, we can get around it. We can, you know, throw a cloak over you and you'll be fine for now. I already but, have a cloak. Well, that's I what I need mean. Another. I mean, you put that over you, put the hood up, and you're just some big guy who doesn't want to uh, show himself, and, and we might be able to get around it. But,
3: I mean. Well, I think we get to Goldview. We find ourselves some accommodation. We got enough gold to put it up for a few days, or well, a few weeks if need be. If we're willing to stay somewhere that's not particularly pleasant, and we then look to figure out how we can survive. And that's the plan. Well, and with that, that sorry, and with that um, comes a squawk.
1: You hear a squawk, and it's a squawk you haven't really heard before. There are no birds. On the ship. There's no parrots. It's not that kind of a stereotype. The squawk comes from uh, a boy, Taro, high up above your heads in the crow's nest. Your eyes dart up and see Taro gesticulating madly to the aft of the ship and out to sea. He tries to squawk again, not speak, but just squawk and continues to point, point, point. If you look out to the kind of port side and off to the aft of the ship, you see two small rowing boats catching up with the Beckford. The sails of the Beckford are now relatively slack. There's not much wind in the air, and these small rowing boats beat the water furiously, maybe six or seven figures upon them in total. You squint and see a number of lightly armored short sword wielding brigands readying ropes and knocking arrows. Between them and gaining fast is a vessel that you have dodged since your time around Traitor's Bay about a month or two ago, always off in the distance, but never out of sight. Pirates, brigands, assassins, body snatchers, no matter their quarry, it does not bode well for you and the crew of the Beckford. Suddenly, Alpha, the uh, the young squab that you were chatting to earlier, runs up to you. The bastards snuck up on us. Taro wasn't up in his crow's nest again. The lag. We're going to need your mates too, Alpha. All, all three of you. And he looks to you, Emon, and says, you're going to need your hammer. And on that, that's where we're going to leave it for this week's episode. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> we're getting into the episode, like we are guys. Up shit creek! Oh yeah! Ah, oh, brilliant guys! Oh, what can I say? That's such a yeah. great entrance oh, to all fun. three of your great that characters, guys. Thank Will you so much I? For I got to give full props for your lovely
2: little gladiatorial description there. That Mate. was. I was Kudos. on tender hooks for that. I was
1: on the edge of my seat. I love the way he talks. I love it. it's. It's. It's and it's really slow, beautiful. but it's fast. Like he talks, he says lots of things, but you don't actually know much more. It's just like it's such <laughs> a it's such a great way of him talking, like telling stories. And I'm so looking forward to all Emron's Emron's made up uh, Will's made up stories that we put you. Oh on the god, spot yeah. I,
2: I I am now going to make a point that every time that we make camp, I want to uh, hear a story from
1: Emron before I go to bed. God, we need a bard to write all these. down that's what we need. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah we, need, we a bard. need a bard. All uh, three really need really really great dog.
2: need bad
1: really great um introduction to the characters thank you so much guys um for that and um yeah we're going to see a bit of first level combat next right i should have mentioned that really listener we are all back to first level this is first level stuff what? um oh are we oh shit i need to i need to change my character sheet <laughs> yeah 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 not level 20 anymore <laughs> not level 20 get rid of the <laughs> let me take off my legendary armor yeah uh, no oh, shit. Shit. knowing you Callum, you probably somehow managed to squeak in some legendary armor at level 1 probably
2: Well, I did. I did seem to find it just casually. I I kind of tripped over it. I was wandering around. uh, You were fishing.
1: You were fishing and just pulled out some some legendary equipment. Yeah, yeah. Didn't I mention it? Yeah. Oh, look uh, the the um, the deck of many things. Where did that come from? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I would probably leave that well enough alone. No, no. I like the idea of that. D- deck
2: of many
0: things. I mean, oh, if you get given it, you've got to use it. You've got to use it. If
2: Alpha found that, he he's literally probably just dealing the cards. Can't Not just can't turn him over. Right. He'd probably just be chair yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, That's, that's fucking <laughs> yeah. dangerous. You can't, you can't deal
2: the attack I just entire. say,
0: blackjack, <laughs> and
1: then like, I'm just disintegrating oh, to nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Well, right. um... Nonetheless, so that was that was a great introduction to your three characters, guys. Thank you so much. And um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a second prologue to see what happens next. Really. Yeah, we so are. What happens to these little brigands and how we deal with some first level combat? It's gonna be interesting for you guys to try new characters out. Interesting to me, jumping back from I was having to throw CR twenty stuff at you in the last campaign to now. See what we can do with them, with some some characters, and have some fun with that. Well, even lower than that, I think, mate. I
0: Um, mean, you say that, but there are creatures at level one that can just kill level one characters
1: outright. A swarm of rats is deadly to level one characters. Hell (laughs) yeah! So we're gonna have some fun with that uh, next week. I don't want people
2: to know what my health is. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no. oh i've seen it it's terrifying uh but um i better do the thing for ian really shouldn't i uh thank you yeah, very much for everyone up. joining us and make us play every week we love you for it uh if you want to follow the keep up with the podcast you can do so by following us on twitter we are at fellowship table if you want to go one step further and follow us individually you can do so you can follow uh callum at at the d20 gamer you can follow will at natural 20 will you can follow darren at darren page 06 and you can follow me at hastily dm and that's all for now guys so until next time
3: farewell 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 farewell, farewell. farewell, farewell. goodbye Fare- t- well.